Hey, Good Life. Over the past few weeks as a church, we've been asking the question, why the world needs good life? Today, I want to just shift and reframe that question for us. I want to talk about what the world needs from good life. See, there's no doubt that our world is in a mess on so many levels. And the sinful, broken heart of humanity is on full display in the evil that is perpetrated, in the lives that are lost, and in the the callous disregard for sacred human life. In many ways, our society today mirrors the society of the early church. Injustice was rife. Pain was visceral. Mercy was sadly lacking. Human life from the womb to the grave was cheap. And yet the church of Jesus Christ came with an opposite spirit. It came with grace and truth. It came with mercy and justice. It came with love and righteousness. It came with forgiveness and hope. The New Testament church spoke value. It spoke life. It spoke purpose. But it didn't just speak. Paul put it this way in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4 and 5. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Jesus put it this way in John 14, 11 to 12. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe me on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to my Father. I'm going to put it this way. We can say all the right things. We can post all the right phrases and all the right images on social media. But what the world needs from good life are supernatural signs of God's love through the power of the Holy Spirit. Miracles were a part of Jesus' ministry. And as he said in that verse that I just read from John chapter 14, Jesus says, believe me when I say I'm from God. But if you won't believe based on that, then at least believe on the, based on the miracles that you're witnessing. He's saying, here's the proof. And for so many years, I wrestled with this next part of the verse where Jesus says that we will do the miracles that he did and even greater miracles. And I couldn't get my head around it. And so to be totally honest, I kind of ignored it. I know, not good, right? But I just couldn't see how we could do greater miracles or even the same miracles that Jesus did. And yet the early church did exactly that. Miracles, signs and wonders were an everyday part of the life of the early church, presenting supernatural evidence of not just the existence of God, but the love and the grace and the healing and the forgiveness and the power of God for their life. All through the book of Acts, we see miracles in the church. Historians tell us that the church continued to see miracles on a regular basis for several hundred years before the politics of the church saw miracles die out. And so God's been really challenging me in this area. In fact, in January of this year, He began this journey with me of seeking out and building my faith for the miraculous, of examining what this looks like and what it means for the church and what it means for good life, that we would see everyday miracles every day. But just for a second, let's go back to that statement by Jesus in John 14, 12, where He says, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to my Father. I'm sure I'm not alone in struggling with, the, with these words. And I feel like possibly you struggle with them for the same reason that I do. 
Because Jesus is God. And so if He is God walking on the planet, of course He can do crazy miracles. And there's no way I could do those kinds of miracles because I'm just an ordinary human, right? That's what we're all thinking. We forget this fact. So was He. When Jesus walked the earth, He was fully God and He was fully man. And so I'm not suggesting that He wasn't God when He was on earth. He was and He was fully man. But Philippians 2 verse 7 tells us that Jesus made himself nothing. If you look at the Greek here, it literally says he emptied himself or he made himself void. In other words, Jesus voluntarily gave up the God attributes of his nature, such as his omnipresence, such as his omnipotence or his power. And what this means is that when Jesus did those amazing miracles, He did it in full reliance on the Holy Spirit, just like He wants us to. So I want you to see this progression here. In all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, it records that Jesus did not do one single miracle. He didn't preach and He didn't teach until after the Holy Spirit came upon Him at His baptism. Jesus did these miracles because the Holy Spirit was upon him. And John, in John 14, 12, he says, you will do greater works than these, greater miracles, because I go to my Father. He then spends the rest of chapter 14 telling his disciples that once he returns back to heaven to be with Father God, that the Holy Spirit would come down to be with us and be in us the same Holy Spirit that enabled Jesus to do those miracles, the same Holy Spirit that enabled Jesus to minister, the same Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, the same Holy Spirit is the power who will enable us to do these greater works that Jesus talks about. The same Holy Spirit lives and abides in you. And He is ready and He's waiting to act. Jesus couldn't do these miracles because He was God even though He was God, He did them through the power of the Holy Spirit within Him. We can't do these miracles either because we're just human, but we can do them through the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And the early church understood this. This is why Jesus, before He left the disciples and returned to heaven, told them to wait for the Holy Spirit. He said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. They couldn't do anything without the Holy Spirit. But once the Holy Spirit filled their lives, the church grew. Lives were transformed. Miracles, signs, wonders, healings were everywhere. And it wasn't just Peter and Paul and the celebrity leaders of the church that were doing the miracles. Everywhere the Spirit-filled Christian went, miracles followed and lives were changed. As Paul said in the verse I read earlier, the church were not winning people over by their eloquence and their persuasive words, but by a demonstration of the power and the love of God. Everyday miracles, every day. 2020 has not looked how we all imagined it to look. It has been a tough year for our entire broken world with unbelievable heartbreak on multiple levels for months now. Can I just encourage you for a moment? Don't shrink back in this. God specializes in working miracles in the darkest of days. God specializes in bringing healing in the midst of pain. God specializes in bringing hope to the hopeless, life to that which was dead, strength to the weak, and wholeness to the broken. 
In fact, this is the purpose for which Jesus came. In Luke 4 verse 18, he declares, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. You see, in the middle of poverty, the Spirit of the Lord brings good news. In the middle of imprisonment, the Spirit of the Lord brings freedom. In the middle of blindness, the Spirit of the Lord brings vision. In the middle of oppression, the Spirit of the Lord sets the oppressed free. And in the middle of a tough year, the Spirit of the Lord proclaims the year of the Lord's favour. And that same Spirit of the Lord is on you and on me, regardless of our background, regardless of our upbringing, regardless of our race, regardless of our gender, regardless of our socioeconomic status, regardless of our issues, regardless of our politics, regardless of our weakness, regardless of all of it. The same Spirit of the Lord is on you and on me, which means He has anointed us to proclaim good news to the poor. He's anointed us to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind and to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. So don't shrink back because it's all too hard. Don't shrink back because you don't know what to say. Don't shrink back because you feel like you don't have an answer. You are anointed by God to bring the good news of God's love and hope and freedom and forgiveness and healing to a broken world who needs some of what you have. God is still doing miracles in 2020. God is still doing miracles in Newcastle, in Toronto, in Maitland, in Foster Tunkari, in Auckland. God is still doing miracles every day. So let me share some miracle stories with you, not done by superheroes, but by the Holy Spirit working through ordinary people. God's still doing physical miracles. When I was nine years old, I was given a horse. I was horse crazy as a kid, still am really. And some family friends had a horse that they swore was bomb-proof. What that means is a bomb could go off next to this horse and they'd still be plodding along, calm as anything. Perfect horse for a nine-year-old me. And so we went to visit this gorgeous old boy, And they helped me climb onto his back to have my first ride. And the horse took a couple of steps and then just lost the plot. He was bucking like an unbroken colt. And of course, I went flying. We found out later that in his old age, he'd actually developed arthritis. And so when they put me on his back, he was in so much pain, he just couldn't cope. And that's why he went nuts. Anyway, I landed on the ground. And when I went to stand up, I didn't realise that in my fall, my arm had been broken in four places. Twice in my wrist and my radius and ulna had snapped completely through. And of course, I didn't know that. And so in the first moments of shock, I didn't feel any pain. So I leant on my arm to get up off the ground and the bones just went like that. It was like I had a second elbow in my forearm. This was a really serious break. And so before the doctors could put a cast on my arm, they had to first reset the bones and try and put them back into place. And even with the the anaesthetic, it remains the most painful experience of my memory. Then followed six weeks in a full cast. The problem was my arm wasn't healing. And after six weeks, the doctors told my parents that my bones were still not straight and they hadn't healed back together again. And so the doctors were going to have to operate. They were going to need to insert metal plates or metal screws into my arm to force the bones into place. And they told my parents that I would never have use of my left hand and I'd never be able to rotate my arm. 
This was obviously devastating for our family, but we went home and we asked the church to pray. Ordinary people, we asked them to pray. And one week later, we went back to the hospital to make plans for the surgery. And as per every visit, we started with x-rays. And then everything became very abnormal. The doctor walked in with our x-rays, that was normal, but he also had last week's x-rays. And he started with these words, I don't know how to explain this, but... And he showed us on the x-ray, my arm was completely healed. That triangular bend in my bones had disappeared and my bones were straight. The parts of my bones that hadn't joined up were now completely joined up as they should be. I never had the surgery. They removed the cast off my arm the next day and they sent me home with a perfectly functioning hand with an arm that rotates normally and I went on to play classical piano for the next 10 years. See, God is a God of miracles and He is well able through His Spirit to bring physical healing. God is still doing miracles today. They're not restricted to Jesus or to Paul or to the early church. They are available to us because we have the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had, the same Holy Spirit that Paul had, the same Holy Spirit the early church had, the same Holy Spirit that healed my broken arm. But God's miracles don't have to be a spectacular physical healing to be life-changing. God does everyday miracles every day. He just needs us to be open and ready for the Spirit to move through us. A few years ago, we were in the process of selling our car. We found a buyer who was based in Sydney and we were going to be in Sydney for Hillsong Conference the following week. So we agreed to do the exchange in Sydney when we were down there. And while I was at Hillsong Conference, I went to a session on evangelism. And I chose that session because evangelism is really not a strength of mine. And for too long, I'd hidden behind my introverted personality. I didn't want that to be an excuse anymore. And Pastor Carl Lentz shared. And one thing he said really stood out to me. He explained that if evangelism doesn't come easily to us, we don't have to try and become this crazy, bold extrovert who witnesses to everyone they meet. He just said this. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you recognize and take the opportunities He brings to you. Don't bang down the doors, but commit to just being obedient to the Holy Spirit when He brings an opportunity. So I thought I can do that. I prayed those exact words. Holy Spirit, I want to take the opportunities you bring me. Help me to recognize them and help me to be obedient. That's it. The conference ended. We sold the car. We came back to Newcastle. The next night, I got a phone call from the lady who bought my car. She said to me, did you leave those CDs in the car on purpose? I'm like, no, what CDs? Then she said, how did you know? I'm like, know what? <laughs> she began to cry over the phone as she told me that she used to be part of an amazing church in Penrith, but she'd walked away from God. And for the past six months, she'd wanted to come back to God, but was too afraid. And then she bought my car. And in the sixth stacker of CDs, she discovered two CDs. One was a worship CD, and the other one was a preaching CD. And she rang me and cried over the phone and said to me, I want to come back to Jesus. I was able to lead this amazing woman to Jesus and get her connected with a local church in Sydney, not because of anything that I did, but because the Holy Spirit wanted to do a miracle in her life. All He needed was for me to be available and ready for the opportunity because God is doing miracles and He wants to partner with us. Everyday miracles, every day. Bringing healing and forgiveness and wholeness and salvation and love and hope and peace into people's lives. 
I don't know about you, but there has been a shaking taking place of the world's systems in 2020. There is upheaval to what was normal. Our way of life has been shaken. Our way of doing church has been shaken. The way we see society has been shaken. Our sense of justice has been shaken. I pray that the shaking doesn't leave us more broken than before. But I also pray that this shaking doesn't allow us to return to our old normal anymore because normal wasn't working. I pray that this shaking becomes an awakening, an awakening to the plight of our brothers and sisters, an awakening to injustice wherever it may be, whether in our hearts or whether it's in our communities, an awakening to areas of our lives that have become lukewarm towards the things of God and awakening to the sacredness of human life from the womb to the grave and awakening to things that we need to change in our hearts and in our lives and in our nation and awakening as the church of Jesus Christ that we would be His hands and His feet, hands that heal and feet that bring the good news and awakening to the Spirit of God within all of us who wants to do miracles in the lives of those around us if we will just be awake to His voice and obedient to His direction. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 16 all the way through to 6 verse 2 says this, So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that person is a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And He committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God was making His appeal through us. So we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For He says, in the time of my favour, I heard you, and in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favour. Now is the day of salvation. Did you catch that? God has given us the ministry of reconciliation and He's committed to us the message of reconciliation. This is amazing. Now, I'm a nerd, so I'm going to break it down a bit for you. The word ministry here is the word diakonia and it means ministry, or service. And it comes from the word diakonos, which means minister or servant. Do you see this? It's an attitude of service. It's the attitude of a servant. We serve people when we minister the love of Jesus and when we minister reconciliation with God and man. The word message is the word logos, which literally means word or speech. This is the name that's also used to describe Jesus, the Word of God. And the word reconciliation is the Greek word katalage. It means reconciliation and it also means restoration of favour. We have been given a task, Good Life Church, and this is what the world needs from Good Life. The ministry of reconciliation, the message of reconciliation, the ministry of restored favour, the message of restored favour. 
And this is exactly what Jesus said about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He and we are proclaiming, back from Luke chapter 4, the year of the Lord's favour. And so now here in 2 Corinthians, it says again, now is the time of God's favour. Now is the time of salvation. So in all of the upheaval in the world in the past few weeks, following the horrific murder of George Floyd, it has been a really tough time for many, many people. Many difficult questions are being asked. Many difficult conversations are being had. There's been a lot of pain and there's been a lot of anger. But amidst the anger, amidst the riots, amidst the stuff that should not be happening, there's an awakening taking place. Truly, what the devil meant for evil, God will turn around and use for good. And I've been so encouraged seeing pastors and Christians of all races rising in love, rising in unity, praying together, worshipping God in the streets, repenting together, embracing each other. And I pray that in Australia, we will also awaken to what God wants to do in this time. In Australia, we've just come to the end of Reconciliation Week where we stop and we reflect and we listen and we come together. Our nation's Indigenous, including my husband, including a bunch of Good Life pastors, including many, many Good Lifers, working to reconcile as a united people with our nation's non-Indigenous like me. And the great thing is that we are commissioned and anointed by God to be ministers of reconciliation, ministers of restored favour. What a powerful commission. What a powerful opportunity, particularly in a time such as this. Reconciling broken humanity with the God who loves them and reconciling the hearts of humanity with each other. When it appears so bleak, we As Christ's representatives on earth, we are entrusted to bring the light of salvation and the favour of God to a broken world, to neighbours who are hurting, to the elderly who are alone and afraid, to the young dad struggling to pay the bills, to the single mum fleeing a domestic violence situation, to the foster carer who's just exhausted, to the broken-hearted parent of the rebellious teen, to people from other nations who have made Australia their home but feel like outsiders in their adopted nation, to our Indigenous people who need to be heard, to anyone who God brings across our path from every different walk of life, from every different situation, from every different background, from every different worldview, from every different family situation, to everyone we encounter, that we bring God's favour and God's saving grace into every situation. We are ministers of reconciliation and we bring the message of reconciliation. How do we do this? Everyday miracles, every day. God wants to pour out His miracle working love on people who don't know Him. He just needs us. A few years ago, I invited a friend of mine who didn't know God to come to a women's conference with me. And to my absolute shock, she agreed to come. She'd come from a very difficult childhood and had suffered years of sexual abuse at the hands of people that she should have been able to trust. And so we turned up at the conference, neither of us having any clue who was speaking. An English woman named Margaret, probably in her 50s, was one of the speakers. And she got up and she told the story of her childhood. My friend and I sat there and wept because Margaret's story mirrored my friend's story. And we wept as she shared that God could bring healing from even the worst situations. And we went back to that hotel 
And my friend shared with me that finally she felt some hope because now she could see that healing was possible. But she said, I need to know how. That night at conference, Margaret got up to share and she said these words, now you have hope because you can see that healing is possible. So tonight I wanna share with you how. What she said from the platform was word for word what my friend had said to me earlier that day. My friend sat, her eyes glued to Margaret as she shared that evening. At the end, when the host invited people to receive Jesus, my friend ran from her seat to receive Jesus. When we got back to the hotel, we stepped in the lift and there was Margaret. Not only was she in the same hotel as us, but we got off at the same floor. We walked down the same corridor and we stopped at our doors side by side. Our hotel room was next to hers. Talk about a setup straight from God. Margaret began to chat with my friend and they exchanged emails. And since that day, years later, Margaret has continued to mentor and support my friend in her walk with God. You see, the Holy Spirit had everything ready, everything set up for a domino of miracles so that my friend could encounter the love of God. From choosing that guest speaker to the messages that that lady brought, to using the exact same words that my friend had used that day, to putting us in adjoining hotel rooms, to getting in the lift at the same time in that same moment. But what if I hadn't been obedient to invite my friend? What if God had set up this incredible domino of miracles for my friend, but my friend wasn't at the conference because I hadn't asked her? And how many miracles has God set up to change someone's life, but I didn't listen to His voice? God wants to do miracles every day and He wants to use you. They don't have to be spectacular miracles where you raise someone from the dead on the train on the way to work. They can be, they don't have to be. They are simply just being obedient to the quiet prompting of the Holy Spirit, acting on the opportunity that God brings and having faith that He will do the rest. You see, we have been given the ministry of reconciliation and we have a God who wants to do miracles. We don't have to have eloquent words. We don't have to have all the right phrasing. We just have to bring a display of the Holy Spirit's love and power. Everyday miracles, every day. The greatest miracle is the transformation of the human heart. The ministry of reconciliation is first and foremost, the reconciliation of the heart of man with the heart of God. It is first and foremost receiving forgiveness from the one who loves you so much that he died on the cross for you, taking on himself death so that we can receive life, receiving his wholeness in exchange for our broken brokenness, receiving his strength in exchange for our weakness, receiving his love in exchange for our hurt, receiving his freedom in exchange for our chains. And if you don't know Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity today for your heart to be restored to favour, to be reconciled with the God who loves you. And so if that's you today, I want to invite you to pray with me. Just a simple prayer, just a short prayer. Pray with your whole heart and repeat after me these words. Dear Jesus, today I realise I need you. Please come into my heart and change me from the inside out. Heal me and give me a fresh start. Forgive me and help me to forgive others and stay with me for the rest of my life. Amen.
if you prayed that prayer from your heart, I want to congratulate you. This is just the beginning. And I know that God's going to meet you exactly where you are at and that this is just the start of the adventure. He wants to do everyday miracles in your life every day. And we'd love to help you on that journey. So please head to our website and click on the next steps button and we'll get in touch with you and we'll do everything we can to support you in this decision. Good life. Let's have a heart that listens to the Holy Spirit's prompting. Let's have eyes to see the opportunities that He brings across our path. Let's remember that we are ministers of reconciliation, bringing the love of Jesus into our world. Let's be expectant for everyday miracles every day because this is what the world needs from good life. Thanks, team.